Before we begin, um, first of all, I wanted to celebrate. Uh, last Monday, we had a blood drive here. That was a partnership with um, One Barrel Brewing, uh, the Chocolate Shop Ice Cream Shop, and Monona Bank slash the Rotunda Cafe. They, they provided some uh, giveaway goodies. And the Red Cross set a goal for us of getting 28 units of blood, and we were able to get 42. So we, uh, we uh, quite well. So, yeah, yeah. so we're, we're, we're celebrating that, and thank you to those who volunteered and, we, and who donated. So that was, that was a wonderful community event. Um, and it went so well that the Red Cross asked if we do it again, so we're going to plan on doing it on uh, May 24th, which is a Tuesday, um, again in the afternoon. So we'll be sharing more information, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll have another one uh, downstairs. Also remind you that during Lent we have midweek services on Wednesday evenings at 6 o'clock. Our first one will be uh, this Wednesday. Uh, we're doing Holden Evening Prayer after taking a break from it last year, so uh, I, that's a beloved service by many, so I, I hope you'll join us for that on Wednesday evenings during Lent. Uh, printed in your announcements, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but I uh, just want you to be aware of an opportunity to share some input and get some information about um, a possible opportunity for Trinity and a conversation for our neighborhood regardless um, but we're having a listening session with the people who'd like to develop the building across the street from us, 1925 Winnebago Street. It's the old Operation Fresh Start um, building. We know that there's lots of development in our neighborhood, and there has been for years, and, and that has uh, uh, been an issue for us with parking already. Um, and so we've been in conversation with them. I thought it was very uh, a good sign that they reached out to us to kind of get our perspective, and um, they want to be good neighbors to us. And so they're going to be joining us after church next Sunday to hear our questions and to share what they plan to do. Um, and then they're going to open up that building after that. If you'd like to see the inside of it, they've done quite a bit of work to take out the office offices that used to be there and open it back up to the way it used to be. So join us next uh, Sunday for a listening session. Bring your questions and your input because it'll be a good opportunity to have some conversation. Are there any other announcements we should make this morning before we begin? If not, we will begin our service with our prelude music.
Please stand as you are able. In the name of God who makes a way in the wilderness, walks with us and guides us in our pilgrimage. Amen. Holy One, we confess that we have wandered far from you. We have not trusted your promises. We have ignored your prophets in our own day. We have squandered our inheritance of grace. We have failed to recognize you in our midst. Have mercy on us. Forgive us and turn us again to you. Teach us to follow in your ways. Assure us again of your love and help us to love our neighbor. Amen. Beloved in Christ, the word draws near to you and all who call out to God shall be saved. In Jesus, God comes to you again and again and gathers you under the wings of love. In Jesus' name, your sins are forgiven. God journeys with you and teaches you how to live in love. Amen. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, you led your people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide us now so that, following your Son, we may walk safely through the wilderness of this world toward the life you alone can give, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from Deuteronomy, chapter 26. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of the fruit of the ground which you have harvested from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord. God, our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power, and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you 
and to your house. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Rescue and I 
The second reading is from Romans chapter 10. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and is so justified, and one confesses with the mouth and is so saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, It will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Beloved children of God, grace and peace to you from our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Every year on the first Sunday in Lent, we hear the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness by the devil. It is a rich text with many references to the stories of the Old Testament. Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness reminds us of the 40 days Moses spent on Mount Sinai with God, or perhaps the 40 days and nights Noah spent weathering the flood, or maybe it reminds us of the 40 days Elijah spent in the wilderness. But perhaps the most significant connection for the story is the 40 years God's people spent wandering in the wilderness. In Deuteronomy 8, those wilderness years are described as a time of testing, of trial, of temptation. Deuteronomy says, Remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. God humbled you by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, with which you neither, neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted, in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy multiple times in this text, which strengthens the connection. And Jesus in the wilderness is reliving, standing in for God's people during a time of wilderness testing. If you think about the story of the Old Testament of the Exodus, the people were in slavery, they were delivered through the water, and then led into the wilderness for 40 years of testing. Likewise, in the story of Jesus, the testing always comes after his baptism. He passes through the waters and is sent by the Spirit into the wilderness for a time of testing. In a way, he is reliving, recreating the history of Israel anew. The 40 days of Jesus' testing also mirrors our 40-day season of Lent. In a way, we are invited to struggle against sin and temptation with Jesus during these 40 days. Lent is a wilderness season for us, a time of anticipation, a time of preparation for the story of Holy Week and of Jesus' resurrection. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three of our four Gospels, have versions of the story. They have many similarities, such as the wilderness temptation following the baptism. In that story, God proclaims, This is my son, when Jesus comes up out of the water. And right after that, Jesus is driven into the wilderness where the devil begins to sow seeds of doubts about that identity. All of his questions begin with, if you are God's son. God says, this is my son. The devil says, if you are God's son. But each of the three versions in our Bible has differences. And this year we hear Luke's version. So I want us to focus on Luke's version in particular. Luke wants us to make another scriptural connection beyond the Exodus story, beyond all the other times people spent 40 days in the wilderness or with God. Luke, more so than Mark or Matthew, wants us to be thinking about Adam and Eve in the garden. He wants us to think about the temptation that took place in Genesis 3 when the serpent whispered lies into the ears of our human ancestors. Luke makes this connection in a couple of ways. 
First of all, Luke inserts a genealogy that leads right up to the story of the temptation. So in between the baptism and the temptation, Jesus says, let's review, let's review, Luke says, let's review Jesus' family tree. Matthew has a genealogy, but he puts it at the beginning of the story, which might make more sense, but Luke puts it right before the temptation. And in this genealogy, Luke traces Jesus' ancestry back to Adam, whom he calls Son of God. Matthew's genealogy only goes back as far as Abraham. Luke goes back to the first humans, to Adam and Eve. And he makes the connection to Jesus even stronger by calling Adam Son of God. That is the title given to Jesus in his baptism, and it is this identity that the devil calls into question in the wilderness. So Luke wants us to see in the temptation of Jesus a recreation of the story of the creation and the fall of Adam of Eve, Adam and Eve, who were unable to withstand temptation. But Jesus in the wilderness is able to do what they were unable to do. Jesus is showing us how the story could have gone, and Jesus enters into the struggle against sin and the devil on our behalf. Adam and Eve as the first humans represent all of us. It's not just about two individuals, but about our common humanity, what it means to be a human being in the world. Part of what is so cunning about the serpent in the garden and the tempter in the wilderness is that the lies sound so close to the truth. The devil in the story even quotes scripture at Jesus, takes the truth and twists it in order to sow distrust in God. These whispers are meant to pick away at our sense of identity and our trust in God's love for us. You'll remember in the story of the garden, the serpent whispered into the ears of our ancestors, you will be like God. It sounds kind of true. It sounds enticing. This story is often told as a story of pride, that Adam and Eve got too big for their britches. But the lie here has more to do with doubting what God has already said of them. Remember that in Genesis 1, verse 26, God said that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. But the serpent leaves that part out, tells a half-truth. In a way, Adam and Eve are already like God and are meant to live and serve and rule as the image of God on earth. The commentator Justo Gonzalez writes, When the serpent tells us you shall be like God, the temptation is not in the desire to be like God, but rather in preempting the process set by God. The temptation is not so much pride as it is lack of trust, an unwillingness to follow the path and the process set by God. What the serpent promises Adam in the garden will eventually be his. And likewise, in the story of Jesus, the devil promises him, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and says, I can give you all this if you want it. But what the devil leaves out is that Jesus will be king of the world, king of kings and lord of lords, that one day all knees will bend to Jesus. But God's way of ruling in the world will be different from the path that the devil lays forward. It will lead through self-reign, self giving love. It will lead not through power over, but in power with. 
Only in the story of God's conquering love on the cross will the kingdoms of the world be given to Jesus. And so the devil tries to sow seeds of mistrust in that promise. In the wilderness, the devil tries to get Jesus to doubt his identity as God's son. If you are the son of God, the devil says. And in the wilderness, what we hear are lies about our identity as well. There are many voices in our world teaching us to distrust God's love for us in the identity that God has given us. Like Adam and Eve, like Jesus, we are children of God. That is the promise, the identity given to us in our baptism. And sometimes we have voices that try to teach us not to trust in that promise. They're trying to convince us not that we should be less prideful, but that we should think of ourselves as less than we truly are. Gonzalez again says, for us the most common temptation is not thinking too highly of ourselves as it is accepting the low opinion that others have of us. Their definition of our roles and not trusting in the God after whose image we have been created and who will save and vindicate the divine image in us. From, this, from the perspective of the powerful, the root of all sin may be, might be pride, but from below, it is a false humility, acquiescing to injustice, not trusting in God's definition of who we are. Like Jesus in his baptism, God has declared who we are in Christ, that we are heirs of the kingdom, that we are children of God, that we carry the dignity of the image of God in our faces. The world will try, will try to teach us and redefine us. They'll teach us that we are not enough in some way, that we are what we own, that we are what people think of us, that we are what we can earn, that we are what we can create, we are what our legacy says about us, we are. And that, def that redefinition by the world will always leave us coming up short, that we will be treated as less than we truly are, that we are not enough is the lie that is whispered into our ear. Because the promise for us at the font is that we are God's children. We are heirs of God's kingdom. And so as we head into the wilderness time of Lent, Jesus does for us what we have been unable to do for ourselves. He is able to stay grounded in God's identity for him. He is able to stay grounded in God's mission of self-giving love for him. And Jesus invites us into that journey as well. A journey of trusting in God alone and trusting in the definition that God has given for us, not in what the other voices will whisper into our ears. And so this Lent, cling to that identity. Cling to God's love for you because anything else is a lie. Amen.
confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray for the church. Sharpen its proclamation of the word so that your people learn to reject voices of deception and distraction. Strengthen all who are tempted to believe lies about themselves or others. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We pray for the earth and all its creatures. Protect wilderness places and all plant and animal species that call them home. Sustain farmers and all laborers who work the land and harvest the fruits of its abundance. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We pray for the nations of the world. Awaken elected leaders and government officials to the needs of those who are oppressed and grant them compassion to deal mercifully with immigrants and refugees who reside among us. We pray especially for the refugees caused by the crisis in Ukraine. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We pray for those in need. Rescue those experiencing mental illness or contending with addiction. Ease the anxiety of those who live with dementia. Command your angels concerning all who are sick. We pray especially for Randy, Denia, Jennifer, Rick, Vicki, Lynn, Harley, Kristen, Bob, and all those we name now aloud or in our hearts. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We pray for this assembly. Bless those who bake bread and prepare the table for our communion celebration. Accompany those who share the bounty of this meal with those who are homebound or hospitalized. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We give thanks for those who have died. Gather them with all the saints into your heavenly dwelling place. Encourage us with the promise that all who call upon your name are saved. 
Merciful God, receive our prayer. Accept the prayers we bring, O God, on behalf of a world in need. For the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace be with you. We won't be passing an offering plate today, but there is an offering plate back by the baptismal font if you wish to leave an offering as you come up for communion or as you depart today. And you may be seated as we hear our musical offering. Please stand as you are able.
Let us pray. Extravagant God, you have blessed us with the fullness of creation. Now we gather at your feast where you offer us the food that satisfies. Take and use what we offer here. Come among us and feed us with the body and blood of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending You are indeed holy, O God, the fountain of all holiness. You bring light from darkness, life from death, speech from silence. We worship you for our lives and for the world you give us. We thank you for a new world to come and for the love that will rule all in all. We praise you for the grace shown to Israel, your chosen, the people of your promise, the rescue from Egypt, the gift of the promised land, the memory of the fathers, the homecoming from exile, and the prophet's words that will not be in vain. In all this, we bless you for your only begotten Son, who fulfilled and will fulfill all your promises. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. 
For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Therefore, gracious parents, with this bread and cup, we remember the life our Lord offered for us. And believing in the witness of his resurrection, we await his coming in power to share with us the great and promised feast. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Send now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of our Lord and of his resurrection, that we who receive the Lord's body and blood may live to praise of your glory and receive our inheritance with all your saints in light. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Join our prayers with those of your servants of every time and every place. and Unite them with the ceaseless petitions of our great high priest until he comes as victorious Lord of all. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. Now and Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. Communion by coming up the side aisles where you'll pick up an empty glass and bring it to the railing this morning where you'll receive bread and your cup will be filled with wine. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at those two side tables. We want everyone to know, joining us online and here today, that all are welcome to commune with us because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And the invitation comes from Christ. Here is food and drink for the journey. Take and be filled.
please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, in this rich meal of grace, you have fed us with your body, the bread of life. Now send us forth to bear your life-giving hope to a world in need. Amen. Amen. You are children of God, anointed with the oil of gladness and strengthened for the journey. Almighty God, motherly, majestic, and mighty, bless you this day and always. Amen. Amen. 